Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch sporting some Canada gear. Woo-hoo. Woo, I like <laughs> it. I like it. I like it. I've been wanting to do something like this, this type of podcast. We kind of did something like this yesterday. Our guest yesterday was pretty cool too, right? <laughs> it's fabulous. It's fabulous. But this one's a trinity. <laughs> yeah, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. We have Danielle on our couch. She may or may not be related to Mark. We're unsure. <laughs> there's some Trinidadian connections here and there's Someone some mutual, somewhere. mutual family friends. Someone owns a shop. So possibly we've got some distant cousins in the room. Someone owns a shop on a hill somewhere. Yeah. It's fantastic. And uh, Danielle's an RMT. And according to one of our regular guests, Nikki, I'll always give her a shout out because she'll hear this. Danielle does really cool shit. Because Nikki messaged me, she, in all caps, I've got the best guest for you. And I'm like, okay, tell, do tell. I'm pretty tell. sure she brought Danielle up the last time she was here too. She like we, we were drinking wine and I'm pretty sure she said to me, I've got a guest for you. Mm. Well, and I think she it was had you. said to me while I was treating, before I treated her that you have to go on this podcast. I'm like, I don't do I don't have speaking, to do, I don't have to do No, I, are you kidding? I don't. And she said it to me three or four times. She's like, oh, but Mark, like you, you and him are like brothers. Like even more reason why I'm not going on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And then I came back from the Olympics and I thought, okay, take a deep breath. Do something new. This like, is cool. This is cool. You do cool stuff. You, you do, do cool, cool stuff. stuff. It's going to be exciting. I mean, you went to the Olympics. I've never been to the Olympics. There we go. You're already cooler than I am. And it's not even like you <laughs> went to the Olympics just to go to the Olympics. You went to the Olympics to work. Like, that's cool. That's cool stuff. Yeah, there's, there's you're worse cho- things I could be doing. <laughs> you're chosen to work and go. And that is fucking awesome. Okay. I'll, well, I'll I think that. we just need to jump right into it and get some... Get some stories, get some stories, learn about what Danielle's doing. I mean, I'm already having a fabulous day. I got to start right off by telling everybody I drove into the parking lot this morning and a very young, far too young for me, very young, good looking firefighter approached my car and said, hey, would you like this pack of muffins? We have extra from our event this morning. And I was like, thank you, beautiful stranger. Yes, I'll take the muffin. <laughs> Were you the type of kid where the, where the van drives by and he's like, hey, kid, want some candy? <laughs> Candy, you're like, sure, candy. Maybe if it was a hot firefighter, (laughs) she did come back saying she would still choose her husband, though. I did say that she doesn't have a choice to say that because she come back up here, she come back up here. What's on tape when she said it? She could have said anything. What's she gonna say? (laughs) Women have a language. She could have just looked me in the eye and I wouldn't know. Shit, the stuff I don't know. The stuff you don't I don't know. think dudes have that type of language. No. No, dudes are too dumb for that. <laughs> really, we are. You guys make us look real smart. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Off good to point. a good start. Well played. Well played. <laughs> All right, Danielle. So uh, for everybody listening, we always start off with some background on our guests. So introduce yourself, um, how long you've been practicing as an RMT, what you were doing before, if this wasn't your first career, how you got into massage. Then we're going to get into where your career is today and how it got here. Okay. So I did a kinesiology degree actually at U of T. Nice. Like, yay. And then so I- So wait, wait, wait. This is, your 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 diploma says physical education, doesn't it? physical and health education. Yes, because this was Gym. back when they used to, they, your program at U of T though was so tiny. Like it was so selective. There was 75 was like, oh, of us Yes, it was such year? a small, it was a it very was, competitive program to get into. It was still physical education when I was applying to university because my parents forced me to apply to U of T and I was like, but they don't even have a kin program. U of T held on to that physical education title for a long time. Yeah, and yeah. then I got something in the mail saying, you can now call yourself a kinesiologist. 
I was like, nobody cares anymore. It's been so many decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nobody cares. Yeah. But they forced me to apply to that program. I got in and they were all excited because my mom just wanted the U of T. Like she just wanted to she say my like, daughter goes to U of T. Right? My daughter university graduated snob. from U Yeah, she was a university snob. Nothing's wrong with that. And man. I chose not to go that. and she was furious. Where did you go? I went to Western. For kinesiology. Mistake. That was a mistake. I don't know. That was a mistake. I don't know. Yeah. Redo. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I can admit it now. I went I went there to party. That was it. Well, at least and that worked. It was good. Yes. What you wanted. Great success. I succeeded. <laughs> I succeeded in partying. <laughs> so I did that and then I wasn't sure what I was gonna do when I graduated. I'm like, great. Now what I made you want to do kin or physical education? Um there wasn't much else I wanted to do. Mm. <laughs> and my mother had, Long story short, my mother took a job there so we'd get free tuition so that, because she said she wouldn't be able to afford it, so I had to go to U of T. Gotcha. So she was like, I don't care what you do. Basket weaving, I don't care. <laughs> get something Basket with weaving. a piece of paper that says U of T. So I, I don't, I'd have been a competitive athlete growing up. Makes so sense. I did the kin thing, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. and I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to work nine to five. I didn't want to dress up to go to work. I didn't want to have to fill out a vacation request form. Massage therapy fit the bill. I, get I it. could not do those things. But yeah, work for myself, which mm -hmm. my mother told me I'm going to have to do. I get that so bad. When I was in high school, I had a really good friend, Ernesto, another Trinidadian guy. I had a really good friend, Ernesto. And I all, we always used to talk about like, what are we going to do when we're done school and we're working and stuff? I was like, listen, buddy, the only thing I don't want to do is I don't want to have a nine to five job. I don't want to have to wear a specific type of clothes. I want to be able to wear my Oakland because I used to have an Oakland A's hat that I wore all the fucking time. I'm like, I want to wear this A's hat everywhere I fucking go. And I don't want to ever be in a cubicle ever. These fucking zombies. I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be on this fucking bus and subway with a briefcase and blah, blah, blah. That's the only shit I don't ever want to do. Bingo. And then, yeah. And so, and the vacation request form, I've already earned that time off. Mm. And now you could tell me I can't get it. I'm like, that's not going to work. Yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like physio, Cairo, you're still in an office. You're mm -hmm. still working nine to five. So to be honest, massage therapy fit the bill. Mm -hmm. So check, check, check. Went to Miss Sutherland and Chan. Was there a lag time between finishing U of T and then going to Southern Chan? No. no, straight. Ba boom, bang. Let's get it over with. It's right going to be two more years of my life. Let's just do this. Okay, I, I am so impressed when I hear stories like that. Like people that young knowing what they wanted to do with their life. Like I know you had your reasons. I felt like I was so lost at 19. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Even graduating university at whatever I was, 22, 23, I was still like, now what? Like I had no freaking clue. I just wanted to go back home and live in my parents' house and like, I, I didn't know what to do. So I'm but so I impressed when I hear that. I didn't know what massage was. I just knew... How bad could it be if it had didn't have any of my non-negotiables? Hmm. I might yeah. not love it. I'm not going to hate it. I won't have to dress up. I won't have to. I can work for myself. So I thought, let me just try it. So I didn't actually know what I wanted. What was your exposure to massage therapy before? I was a competitive volleyball player. Okay. And we had a therapist that came in. Gotcha. You guys are funny enough, the same person. Funny like enough, tripping me I up. never got massage. <laughs> The only, the only sport you really, I mean, not the only sport, but the sport that you played most was volleyball. Yeah. Like, so we're learning a lot that you guys are exactly the same person. <laughs> and you never got massage. I never had massage no, either. I've only still had one in 21 years of work. Stop. But nothing ever hurts. So people are like, well, who's your therapist? I'm like, I don't know. My back doesn't hurt. My arms don't hurt. And I apparently have horrible posture, but it works. I didn't have a massage until my, <laughs> when I was in university. And I'm finishing, I'm about to finish university. And the girl I was dating at the time, she was also in the kin program with me. 
and she applied for massage therapy at uh, CCMH. CCMH, yeah. And then CCMH had this thing where you had to take, you know, an intro to massage course. So you had to go there on like a Wednesday night and then you had to also go there like a full Saturday. And she's like, can you come with me to this thing? Like, I don't want to go by myself and I, I don't want it. I'm like, I don't know anything about massage. I'm like, I don't want some other dude touching you up. So yeah, I'm going to come with you. No problem. And that was the first time I got exposure to massage was like the summer after I graduated university. I went to this thing with her. And then while I was there, I'm like, this is stupid. I never want to fucking do this. I would never do this. And then September rolled around, almost September, when she was supposed to start school. She turns to me, she's like, I can't do this. I don't want to go to my school anymore. I'm like, why? She's like, I, I don't think I can deal with smelly people. I don't think I can deal with, with like, like, like heavy people. I don't, and no offense, but that's just the way yeah, she's, she's like, I don't want to do that for my job. I don't want to deal with hair. I don't want, I don't want to deal with feet. I don't want to do it anymore. So yeah, I was like, this okay. is not the career Yeah, it's not, <laughs> definitely good thing you recognize this before you started school. But then it just sat in my mind the whole time, like, it kind of sucked. Like, I would never want to do it. But I thought to myself, like, that's such an easy go. Like, after being in this intro course, I'm like, that could be kind of cool with school. And I didn't touch the idea again until five years later. So what did you do in that five years? In that five years, I worked as a kinesiologist in clinics. I worked as a personal trainer. Um, I used to write for a fitness magazine. Like, I was way into the fitness stuff. And then I had some life changes happen. I, I had an engagement that felt a shit. And I just kind of... I've, I've told the story on the podcast before, but I don't know if you've heard this. And I was drunk for a while, like like drunk for a while. Like I, it, it hit me like hard. Weeks? This like like I'm talking months. Oh, like I'm talking like a good eight, nine, ten months. Drinking I was drunk. to cope. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. drinking daily. Like yeah. a functioning like, alcoholic. Yeah. I was drunk okay. every day, and I only surrounded myself with people that would encourage, encourage this to happen. So I find myself in Miami over a Christmas holiday, over winter break, and I'm still hammered. I'm 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 like I remember being and I told this before I remember being at the hotel bar by the pool and uh, the, my morning drink was corona right cuz I'm going to start the day off light with beer before I move into the heavy stuff and I wouldn't let the bartender take away the empty bottles cuz I I want to know like where am I at by this time of day and it's like 11:30 in the morning and I've got 13 empty corona bottles lined up in front of me and my buddy comes down and he's like dude like like I'm gonna have breakfast. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what? Are, and now he has this serious talk with me. Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, you, I understand what's going on here, but this has to stop at some point. And then, in a drunken stupor, I said, "When I go back to Toronto, I'm gonna find a place where I can meet lots of girls. I'm gonna go to massage school." <laughs> Because in that class, five years before, I'm a lucky girl. In, in that class, five years before, it was nothing but women around, right? It was just me and this other guy that was also suckered to come into this to this course. <laughs> and and then I got back. When I got back, I, I jumped on my dial up because it was dial up, <laughs> and I googled massage therapy schools Toronto. CCMH was the first one to pop up, you and had I been said, there already. <laughs> I had been there already, and I was like, "Cool, that's it, I'm done." I called them up. I'm like, "Do you have advanced standings?" Because there's another school that I, I kicked around the idea with. It was a school in Burlington. It doesn't exist anymore, Canadian Therapeutic College. And they had a 12-month advanced standing for, for kin grads. And I'm like, do you guys have an advanced standing? They're like, yes, but you know, send us all your transcripts. I send them all in and everything else. And they're like, you've been out of school for five years. Like That's our cutoff. So if you want to do the advanced standings, you have to challenge all the exams. And that's what I'm like. I don't want to do that. Like, that sucks. Like, now I got to go make sure I'm brushed up on all my anatomy, all my physiology, all my neurology, all my pathology. I thought, fuck that to save what? 
to save what am I saving here? Four months? It was a 12-month or 16-month program. I'm like, to save four months, just I got a better it. idea. I'm just going to do the whole program, and I'm just going to fucking sleep. And that's what I did. I showed up to school, and I went, <laughs> anatomy class? <laughs> slept. Physiology? <laughs> slept. Right? And that was that. That was... <laughs> but anyway, I don't even know why I started telling my story. Why did you go to Sutherland and Chin? Uh, that didn't pop up on my dial-up. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. I was like... So that's all there is to it. it didn't pop okay. And that is how Mark became a <laughs> massage therapist. So I didn't even have any, but your reasons were way better than mine. <laughs> Yours is a better story. <laughs> I well, story I mean, like both that. of you guys have the same the same reasons that I have. I, I mean, I've told this story before too, that when I met Mark, I was working at a private college and they had just started a massage program and Mark was brought in to design the curriculum. And somebody I wasn't had, brought in to design the curriculum. He was brought in to teach, I was brought in to but teach. then he took over the I, curriculum. And I... <laughs> I, can I just jump in on that? Yeah. So when I finished school, I have a cousin who's a chiropractor. He was finishing chiropractic college at the same time, roughly. And I was working in, in my buddy's gym. Like He's a good friend of mine. that I've worked with him all over the place. We were personal trainers together for the longest time. And he opened a studio in Richmond Hill. And he went from that studio. It grew into this gym. And I was working as a personal trainer there with him. And then... We there was a, already a massage therapist working there, and I told my cousin, "I'm like, listen, because he lived close to this gym. I'm like, when you and I finish, let's let's fucking move in here. Let's rent space here." And so that's what we did. And so I did that for about two years. But I always kept the idea of teaching in my mind. So I'm always on the hunt for like teaching jobs, teaching jobs. And this one pops up, and I'm like, it's close to home. Everything else, so I apply for this job. But I don't think he knew at the time they didn't actually have a. They program. didn't have a program. It had it, they oh, were it had, just, it hadn't we're started yet. To implement well, they they had they it had a different camp. They had it at different campuses outside of the GTA. And so this was the first time they were bringing it to their GTA campuses. And so this guy, I have the interview, everything seems to go well. And he takes me to this empty classroom and he says, okay, go for it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't know. You tell me, what do I need to get? What do I need to do? Just tell me what I got to do here. Go for it. This this room is yours. Figure (laughs) it out. Make a massage program. Figure it out. Right. (laughs) And so I was like, cool. I, so I'm like, give me the curriculum and everything else. And I'm looking through this curriculum and I'm like, this is so fucking horrible. Like whoever laid this out did a horrible job. Can I redesign this? And he's like, go for it. So how long had you been a therapist when? Two years before I started. The only reason he was able to get that job though is because he had the 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 degree. degree. Because you have to have a minimum, I think of five years. Four years. Four years. So with, with, yeah, for the Ministry of Education. But if you have a university degree, then you can start in two. Because I was able to do that too. Like I started doing uh, clinic supervision after only being in practice for two years. But because I had- Those are ministry requirements, right? And so he says like, go for it. And so I'm now rewriting this curriculum, which is fabulous. I love the idea. And then we do this at one campus and then he takes me to another campus and he does the same thing. Now it's an even bigger room. And, and he's this like, is how Mark go for got it. me into massage. So I didn't know him. I was hired the same week as him to work in the admissions department of this college. And so I'm chatting with one of the other admissions advisors there. And I kind of confide in this person that like, by the way, I took this job as a short term gig. I just want to make a lot of money really fast while I'm doing my applications to go back to U of T to get my master's in occupational therapy. So that's what I was working on. Oh, it was never it supposed was never to be a long term job. So so then the person said to me, oh, you know, we're starting a massage therapy program here. And I'm like, I don't see your point. And he said, well, you know, if you're an employee here, you can you can go to school for free as long as you work full time. Right. Right. So I was like, 
well, this is interesting. I'm like, but how would I, because I know the massage program was five hours a day for 22 months. I said, how would I do that? And they're like, well, you go to school for five hours, you work for eight hours. I was like, fuck, that's a lot. 13 hours. So, but I was like, maybe, like maybe I do this. It makes, like you said, I was like, this kind of makes sense, right? Like I have the kin background. I'm like, huh, how bad could it be? So I seek him out. I don't know him. And I seek him out and I was like, you're the massage guy, right? I'm like, I just want to ask you some questions. And so I ask him, like, you know, what about your job? Do you like? I wish I, like, I remember I this conversation. I don't remember. I know. He never remembers it, but I remember it so, so clearly. Which weed. But, al- yeah, but also, yeah, but also, I was just some random, at the time, I was just some random coworker that That's came true. up to you and asked yeah. you a couple questions. Like, it was an in-passing conversation. I just said to him, like... Don't, I don't want to hear about school. School's not a non-issue for me. Like I've always been a good student. I want to know when I get out of school, tell me what the career is like. Like, mm. why would I want to do this? And he said to me, I, I, said I have almost said. exactly what you said. He goes, I have the most stress-free life in the world. I said, explain that to me. He goes, I work when I want. I, I uh, take vacation when I want. I don't take my work home with me. Like all of these things. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like, why wouldn't I do that? Right. Okay. And so I went to the, the same guy that said to Mark, go for it, have at it. And I said, if I want to take the massage program, you know, with my employment contract or whatever, what what do I have to do? And he said, well, you have to work here for a minimum of a year. But after the year, technically, yes, it's you have the right to. It's in your contract. He goes, but let me tell you, you're not going to do it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, nobody can do that. Go to be in this building for 13 hours a day for what do you two mean? years. See, now that makes no sense because when I taught, I was teaching like, fucking, I, was I was teaching like 15 hours a day. Yeah. I would teach a morning class for five hours. Then I would teach an afternoon fitness class for four hours because I redid their fitness program. They purchased a fitness curriculum. I'm like, this is crap. Can I redo it? They're like, yeah, go ahead. redo it. So I redid that and I taught that four hours in the afternoon and then I would teach a five hour evening class. Yeah. I was I taught 14 hours a day there. For them to say, like, you wouldn't do this. I'm like, I did Well, that for and I think years. it's because there's lots of people that might not, right? It mm-hmm. depends where your values are. A lot of people would say there's no fucking way. I'm spending 22 months, you know, in the same, I think it was like blue green walls all over this building for 13 hours a day for two years. But I looked at it as... I'm going to save a lot of freaking money. And it's a means and to what an he, end. And what he just yep. told me sounds pretty rainbow, freaking good. I can do it. Yep. If you know there's an end point and there is yep. a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you can do that shit for as yep. long as you can do it. So I jumped in. I don't blame you. And now look. And now look. So you decide this. to go to Sutherland Chan. Yes. Tell me why Sutherland Chan versus versus anything else. Because at U of T, one of my, my sports med professor was the sports doctor for the Raptors at the time. Mm. And I said to him, if you're going to hire a massage therapist, what does my resume need to look like? And he said, I want a Sutherland Tran grad. There wow. you go. And he did say, I think, because he said, I want a U of T grad. Well. <laughs> and so I was like, bam, I didn't even know what Sutherland Chan was. I didn't know it was down the street, yeah. down Spadina. But I was like, if that's somebody that I want to potential hire me, he was like a god. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess I should just do what I he said. Do what he and so yeah. I just did what he said. So when you were in like school that. at Sutherland Chan, like you already had the background, you're already an athlete, you have a degree in physical education, you you know, you know, a really highly qualified sports medicine doctor. Were you already thinking athletics and sports medicine when you were in school? No. No. Working with, he was my sports med professor. I just wanted to know if somebody was going to hire the therapist. I didn't know I was going to do sports. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I didn't know what it was. So I go to school and then one of my U of T professors was actually a sports psych. And in my second year, I was a good U of T student. I was very disciplined. I talk a lot of shit, but I put my head down, do what I need to do. And so 
she was working with a national team cyclist. Mm. So I'm still learning techniques. Like I'm perfecting the effleurage. I got it down. It's my second yeah. term. And she sent her to me because she couldn't afford massage therapy. And my professor was like, you're going to be good at whatever you do. I'm sending you an athlete. And I thought, okay, a cyclist. I was like, okay, good. Send her. She brings her bike. I think she rode 40 minutes to my house, brings her bike up to the second floor. My first treatment with her was two hours. I'm sweating. She's sweating. I've seen muscles on her that I have only seen in a textbook. Right. She ends up, that was 99. I was just graduating that year. She goes to the Olympics in 2000. Um doesn't do what she wanted to do. I end up going through her career with her. 2004, she wins a gold. She had always said to me, you're going to be in sport. But that was never anything I had really aspired to. And then two months out of school, I end up being introduced to an NBA player. And he is my first, one of my first clients, my first professional clients. And we're still friends to this day. How do you get introduced to an NBA player? Um, through somebody that I know that I went to school with. Because okay. um, UFT was a very um, Raptor organization. So wait, I'm fucking confused then. Did you do your massage therapy concurrently with your phys ed degree? No, I finished phys ed. Okay, okay. And okay. then started that next September. Gotcha, gotcha, Went gotcha. straight into massage therapy. Okay, okay. She was that good of a U of T student that her professors from U of T were still supporting her when she's already an alumni. With, yeah, okay. No, no, I get <laughs> that it. It's kind of fluke. I don't know. It was just kind of... You know, that's a, that's the pull of being that's in a true. small program. That's true. It is so you really get to know Absolutely. the professors. Yeah. They Absolutely. get to know you. Like I did not put up my hand once in a class at UFT. Yeah. You would, but you spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. Right. And when they give you back a paper, they have something to say about the paper and right. they want to, they get to know you. You have them multiple times during your degree for different courses. Yeah. So by the time I graduated, she um, had actually come into the clinic, the Sutherland and Chan clinic that the public can come into. And I had just happened she happened to be on my table and I went to my clinical supervisor. I'm like, I can't work on her. Mm. She's like, um, what are you talking about? I said, cause that was one of my professors. Right, and right. so Michelle was like, Oh, Danielle. And I was like, Oh no, this is my biggest nightmare. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm like, cause I wasn't the student that was, I wasn't that talkative ki kid in class. Right, right, right. So, and then she's like, it's so great to be reunited. She's like, you, we, we and she, up till today, her and I still get together. We do lunches. We go birthday parties. Like she is still awesome. 21, is awesome. 23 years later. We're still, we're actually friends now. Like I massage her through two pregnancies, that kind of thing. But, and then she said, oh yeah, you're fabulous. I'm, and then she sent me an athlete and just kind of been referral. So I've never had a website. Mm -hmm. I've never had a business card. I thought if I'm going to do this. I can just do it. There's I'm some people who are just way. that good. Mm. That was like when no. we were talking to Ed yesterday. No, you are way too humble. You have been since you walked in here. But even when we were talking to Ed yesterday and we're getting all of this this stuff that he it it sounds like when you guys are talking, like, oh, things just fell in your lap. But nothing just falls in no, your you, lap. You, you, you it's work you it. work for it. And when people recognize somebody who has talent and who has skill and like, you know, you're gonna be good at what you do, like if your professor's saying that and she wants to support you. That's not just like, oh, let me give her things. She's like, you're going to be good at what you do. So some people, it just comes yeah, so and naturally. Even, even if it isn't, you think you didn't work for it. Like I didn't put in the time and hours. You'd, you'd, you'd made the connections and you did the networking. Yep. And that's the, and that's the also working for it, right? That yeah. is also working for it. Yeah. So like when Ed sits there and says, like when I was in Sutherland Chan, I started to volunteer at U of T then it just makes sense like how opportunities start coming your way because you started to network at that time and blah, 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 right? So yeah, it's the networking cool. is the work as well. I think most people don't recognize that yeah. and therefore they're not willing to do 
maybe not willing, not open enough to the idea that networking is work. They just and don't see the, they don't see to, the value in it. You need and to that's strategize. why I like you need to put strategy to it. And I think too, it came naturally to my personality. My mother had always said, child, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. Mm. You're going to U of T because you're going to meet people that you do well and they'll remember. And you know what? I, hate to she was I find right. that like, is look at now, especially in, Mama was in, right. in this this line of work that you're in, working in sport. Most of it, I believe, is people you know at the end of the day, and yeah. who's going to recommend you to do sure. what, yeah. and who's going to send people your way. It's everything about who you know. But interestingly enough, I ended up so I do a lot of sports now. But when I my first like five years, I worked on movie sets. I worked in palliative care. I've been in delivery room. Like I didn't know it wasn't sport. I just like the idea that. I could go somewhere and it'd be different walls. I get to see different people. And so I was like, whatever opportunity came up, yeah, I'm there. Were there any opportunities that came up that you turned down and in retrospect, you're like, fuck, why'd I turn that down? No, because I, I did everything. You did everything. Even when one of my clients asked me to be in delivery room with her, I was like, I chose not to have kids. Are you crazy? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and she was a Trini. I was yeah. like, you're mad. What about your husband? And uh, she said, no, you're just calming. I, You have a good effect on my body. Let's just do it. So I went and took some prenatal courses. So everything I was insecure about, I was like, just learn it. Just learn it. Like, you're not stupid. You might not be the best at it, but you're not going to be the worst. Mm. Yep. So I did it. I was in the delivery room. I'll never do it again. It was a dose of birth control, but I did it. <laughs> oh, that was the biggest dose of birth control. I, I've, Having... I've attended a birth. It's it's something. I mean, he delivered our children. This is so. what it looked like to me, right? This top of my daughter's head. Ready? Ready? Amanda pushes. There's the top the head and gone. <laughs> push in. There's the top of the head and gone. That's all I, really, That's all I, really I saw hate, for two hours. I really hate when you tell that story. <laughs> That's, what for, visual. That's what I saw for two hours. <laughs> top of the head. Oh, no, it's gone now. There's the, oh, and it's I gone see now. him being that calm. <laughs> he was, he was oh, that there calm. there she goes. Oh, she's coming back. <laughs> That's actually, he's the, he's the reason I didn't hire a doula. So I took doula training and I've attended oh, one birth. And um, I've been asked to attend another birth. Um, I'm still unsure if I'm going to do it at this moment, just based on the timing of when the due date is, but um, I really enjoy doing it. And the only reason I didn't hire a doula is because he is very calm. And I was like, if I need somebody to help with pain relief techniques or whatever, mm. like you can do it. I don't need somebody else. And yeah, he was super, super calm in the delivery room. Like you see, like I don't know if it's if it's just TV and movies, but you see, like you know, dads passing out or like yeah. pacing back and forth. Even the one birth I, I attended, the dad seemed really, really uptight and stressed, like he didn't know how to help. This guy was just so Chilling. calm yeah, the whole but you time. See it. Yeah, like it's, it's also because we had a midwife too, and I think no, the that's vibe not it. That's your personality. Stop personality. with that crap. <laughs> Maybe whatever. <laughs> well, the so midwife never, did help because she left us alone. So you've never <laughs> had a scenario where you you've did every. See, I've turned down stuff, and in retrospect, I'm like. Why did I do that? Okay, give me an example. Okay, Maybe so so memory, so but... my cousin, the chiropractor, mm -hmm. his friend calls him up, and his friend is Bruce Willis's personal assistant. Okay, and says Bruce Willis is in town. He needs a massage therapist. Do you know anyone? And my cousin turns to me. He's like, I don't know if you want to do this, but Bruce Willis is in a hotel right now. Do you want to go? Do you want to go do a massage? And I'm looking at my watch going, what time? And he tells me the time. I'm like, I've got two other appointments now. He's like, just cancel them and go. I'm like, I can't do that to my patients. I, I refuse to do that. And I turned down the opportunity. I'm like, that's a dumb move. In retrospect, I'm like, that's one of those times when once you enter that circle, I feel like you're in that circle. Yeah, that's true. But I, I so I did do that with an NBA player. But he called last minute and he was like, I got your name from so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Um I'm in town. Can I get a treatment? I was like, when? He's he, he's like, I don't know, tomorrow morning. I was like, no, it's not enough time. Right. 
I don't regret it because then you're going to call me last minute all the time. Yeah. I see like I need to set a precedent as a woman running a business. I'm right. successful and I'm successful for a reason. Hmm. So I don't regret it. You never know what could have come of it, but no, I don't regret it. You called too late and you expected me hmm. to jump at it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm in regret for that. Not, not that I would have done anything different in terms of like how my career ended mm -hmm. up going just for that experience, for that experience. just for that experience well, give an example. i'm actually surprised that you did turn it down i feel Why? like today mark would have said like these two patients can be rescheduled today i would have probably been really ready to reschedule patients but also today i would have been less caring to go hang out and be around celebrity because i just don't give yeah. a shit at this point right but in an example of where it did work in my favor, me being stubborn, is the NBA athlete who um, I met two months out of school, mm -hmm. he had called and said, uh, can I get a treatment like tomorrow? And I said, at that time, when I first got to school, I was working at the Royal Hotel. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, but this is where I work. You can, you can come for a treatment here. here. I said, I'm not comfortable going to a stranger's house. I didn't right. let him know I'd only been out of school for two months. So he came and he got a treatment and he was like, just so you know, in case I don't enjoy this, I'm, you're never going to see me again. I said, in case I don't enjoy treating you, I'm never going to treat you again. That's <laughs> how it starts. I love it. So he gets the 90 minute treatment, walks out, doesn't say a word to me. So I go to the front desk. I'm like, did he say anything? They're like, no, but he left a tip. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so then he calls me like two days later and he's like, well, okay, yeah. Can I, can I see you on, can you come? To the whole um to my place like Thursday at like eight thirty in the morning. I said, you know, I work. No, that's not enough time. It was like two days away, mm. and uh, so he just hung up the phone. Click. Okay. So then he called me back probably about a week later, and he was like, well, how much time do you need in advance? <laughs> I said, well, it depends on the day of the week. I said, you get your schedule. You know your schedule. You yeah, should need yeah, a last yeah, minute yeah. appointment. So then he was like, fine, I'll let you know. Click. <laughs> wow. Even up to today, though, he I doesn't answer it. the phone. I Hello. I love it. So it wasn't just me. So then he calls and he's like, well, is two weeks notice it, uh, enough? <laughs> Can I get an appointment on whatever? And I was like, yeah, okay, fine, sure. So I did it. And now we're like the best of friends. <laughs> but like, it didn't start off. So actually, awesome. wait, there is a midpoint to that. So I go to his condo and uh, I ask some questions. You can tell he doesn't want to answer these questions. I have to. I'm a new grad. I'm asking every question. Of course, right. Good. So then we, we do the treatment. And again, the end of the treatment, he's gone. I can't find him. Hello? 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 I, it's like he's not answering me. <laughs> What's wrong with this idiot? So I go to put on my shoes and it's a sprawling condo, right? So I don't even really yeah. know where I am. Yeah. The, like you're elevator doors open wing. up and you're in, oh, you're in the condo. You're in okay? the east wing of the facility. So I find my shoes and where I'm leaving. So I just, and then I see he's left the money on the credenza yeah. so i pick it up i was like well pays an american and uh <laughs> then i just i just leave and then he calls me back again and then by the third same thing happened the second time i don't even ask where he is i don't even call for him i just yeah. go put my shoes on take my american take money, money and go. i'm gone yeah, yeah. then the third time he calls and when i get up there now he's a little more friendly he starts talking about the family and then we actually became friends hmm. but like no, it wasn't just like Emmy player. Oh, hey. And he was all jovial. No, no. Started no. off real rough. But he will always say, like, I respect you for it. He's like, whenever he sent me athletes after, he was like, he told them, don't be late because she's leaving. Because there was a, an episode where he was late mm -hmm. and the concierge was like, he's coming, he's coming. I like, said, no, I don't no, care. No. Yeah. Good I got, on you. I got things to do. And the, the I don't even know you and I'm so proud of you. No, but <laughs> this is the best one. The concierge one time he's going to be late. They know I'm going to leave. And so he's like, he said, just go up into into and set up. I said, no, because if something goes stolen, 
guess who he's yeah. guess who's pointing the finger? Oh, I said, so I will smart. wait right here. Yep. And if he's not here in time, I'm leaving. The concierge was like, please don't leave. I'm going to get in trouble. Please don't leave. You're supposed to go up. I said, no, I will never do I that. like that. Never. That's good. I like that. Money don't mean shit. No. Because guess no. what? You fucking brush your teeth the same as the rest of us. You well, put on me, your pants the, the same as the rest like, of I us. I want to be self-employed and have respect. The money, that's going to come. But I decided I want to earn it myself. So, but no, but my point is, i that's why I had no business card. I was going to earn it right. on respect. I was going to do a good job. I was going to be on time. I was going to be respectful. And I think I deserve that. That's awesome. Well, and that's why you are successful too, right? Like you didn't just let him, as no you said, compromise. if you had just let him get an appointment when he wants, whenever he wants, then he expects that. Then there isn't respect. Then he's not sending you refer. Like you're just, oh, I can yeah. call this girl anytime and get treatment yeah. when I want. I can hang up on her and she'll so still show up. When we talk about like the missed opportunities, mm. I don't consider them missed opportunities. Right, they weren't yours to begin no, with. If, no. if you got to jump, they wouldn't have panned like out. That, if I got it, yeah, and if I got to rearrange a client, that's not the way I work. Right. And so, if if we're gonna have a relationship where I want to go see you, because I've done my business where I could just not, t- I don't take any clients. Mm-hmm. I've taken clients in a decade, so. No, if it if the vibe's not there, then I don't I don't need it. I dig it. Good for you. I dig it. I dig it. So now, okay, we kind of like jumped right into it, but this is perfect. So two months out of school, you meet this guy, which I love the story, <laughs> and now you're working. I mean, you're working on him. Are you working on other athletes? Like you mentioned, a whole bunch of different avenues that you went to. What was like your first like real real gig at a school? So I just done referrals, and I had just. I have a mobile business, so there's no bricks and mortar. So I just you were go to you people. were mobile straight from. Coming I was out of Sutherland Chan. No, so I was at the Royer Hotel. Right. That was for the first five one, years, right. okay. and then in the last year, what I did was people. I started to do mobile, and then people. I started to turn down appointments, and I said to myself, "I'm going to take six months and see how many appointments I'm turning down. If it's close to what I'm making at the spa, I'm out. I'm out." Because I know I could always supplement with something else, but that can grow. What I'm making at the spa, once I work my eight hours a day, my five hours a day, I'm done. I've tapped out. So five years at the spa, were you, like, were you, I don't want to say happy or content, but like, was that work fulfilling for you? Or did you always feel like you wanted something more? Wrong. Really? She liked it. I made it fulfilling. And I'll tell you how I did it. Look at you. (laughs) Unbelievable. No. So what I did was when I, so I applied there before I graduated because I wanted to see if my resume is going to garner any attention. Yeah. So I hadn't even graduated yet. And I thought, let me throw the resume out there. So Roy York Hotel called me back and she, um, we had a good conversation and she gave me the pay f- fee structure. And I honestly don't remember what it was if the therapist made like 50% at the time. And that's just people coming in, you'll be full because at the Roy Hotel, they get all the business people, the TSX, right, 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 right. The, all the banks, all the lawyers' offices. But I said to her, because I'm bold and I don't really need the job yet. And I said to her, well, if I get 70% repeat ratio of the regulars, like not the people staying at the hotel, yeah. you'll see their address. If I get 70%, I want an extra 5%. And she looked at me and was like, no one's ever asked that. I said, and I'll tell you why. Because I had my own business before. So I, um, I said, because if I can keep 70% of the clients, you can hire another therapist mm-hmm. and make 50% off them. And I could just build my clientele. So I had a goal. Everybody that came in, I needed them to rebook. Mm. I was going to do whatever so you were I business had to. minded, even though you didn't have to be. You could have walked in there, and zero responsibility, money. got your fifty percent, and went home. But you were like, no, no, I'm going to make this a business. No, but I want more. They so, but they have you. to win. They like they, it's got to be a win-win, right? So, and I said, and I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to get the seventy percent. Are you willing to pay me fifty-five percent of or whatever it was? It was an extra five percent, right, right, right. and then you can hire another therapist. You make even more money. And they said, and she was like, 
yeah, I'll take you up on that. No one's ever asked. And when I left there five years later, she's like, I don't even know I kept you this long. She's like, but still, nobody has ever asked. I met her like a decade after that. She's like, no one's ever come to me with a proposal like that. So I built up a clientele where I still have, so that was, I don't know, 2000, 2001. So I was there 2004 from the end of 99. And I still have probably about eight of those clients that I see regularly. Let this be a lesson to all of our RMT people that are looking for jobs and going for interviews and not overly happy with whatever split they're getting. Like, this could be a back and forth. This could be a this this could be a conversation where you can propose something that could be very reasonable for all parties involved, where everyone is a gets a big fucking win win. Be cr- fucking creative. That's awesome. And I like they, that. They win too. Like exactly. if you want to well, exactly. win, you have to. The business owner needs exactly. to win. I like. So that. I found a way to to tell her that she to show her that she'd win. She can hire another therapist, and they can get the overflow. Be creative and negotiate. Yeah. I, li- I like that. I like. Well, that. And you know, you never know, like. If you don't ask for something, the answer is always going to be no, right? Yeah. Like it just ask for it. What's the worst that's going to happen? They say, no, we don't do that. Everybody's on a 50-50 split. Then you as the therapist can decide, well, that's not good enough for me or okay, I'll accept that. Yeah. And I, well, I didn't know any better. I just thought, well, you're offering 50. I want more. Okay, well, I'll just keep my clientele. Feel, so, I feel like you could have went up even 10%, <laughs> yeah, 50%. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Way to go. <laughs> you could have kept going. While you're a spying therapist, go higher. <laughs> she would have given you whatever you wanted, man. No, we had a good relationship, but That's it awesome. kept me focused. And so I would, if I was doing an arm, I'd be like, you know what? Next week, I'm going to do the arms differently. Hmm. And so it, it was like a game in my head, right, right, right. which now that I'm in sports and athletics, especially track, that variability and the ability to just figure out how to do a hamstring in five different positions, because that's a position they're in, has it's now second nature because I've done every body part and learned how to do it differently. And I, it was like a game to me. Like somebody came in and was like, I'm putty, do what you want. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I was just hmm. making shit up. <laughs> that's awesome. So obviously you realize with turning down appointments that you were going to make more money doing mobile. Yeah. I, yeah. It went, not even more money. I enjoyed it. Mm. I got people calling me going, I need you. They're happy to see you. They're happy when they leave. They've called you. That's already making you feel good before I get there. Yeah. And then you're in their personal space. They've invited you in and they're like, we just need you. Like, who doesn't want to feel needed? And then they keep calling you back. Yeah. So for me, it was that I don't like being the same place at the same time. The spa taught me going into the same room, wearing the same outfit. Yeah. We're going up to the same front desk. That's that's never going to work for me. I would rather do massage, even if I was to make less money, which obviously you don't. I would do something else that I love too. I wouldn't just sit in a room. That was like Chinese torture for me. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people show up to the same place. I don't know how you place. stay focused. Like it, it's a that. grind. Yeah. It really is a grind. I have a, I have an expiry date on anything like that, and it's about it's about four years. If I do yeah. this thing long, f- maybe five. If I do this thing five years is like my limit. Then I'm like, I need to fucking I change. To. I absolutely need yeah, to change. When it's the same thing, yeah. I totally agree. And I feel like every day is a new day. Yeah, like every day is different with who I've booked, and I've booked you when I want to see you. Right. Like you haven't gone on onto the computer and told me when you'll see me. No, no. I'm telling you when I'll see you. So do you do things like I do, like super old school? Somebody actually has to call you or email you and oh. request an appointment? Like there's no online no, booking? No, it's my phone. No, I don't do anything. I don't have a website. Half the time when I talk to people, I, get, I spell my last name wrong. So you can't Google me and find me. Mm-hmm. Do you spell your last name wrong on purpose? Sometimes, yeah. Because I'm just like, <laughs> you don't really need to. I don't need you looking me up. That's so funny. So I spell the, instead of Ellie, well, I'm not going to give it away here. because yeah, yeah. We're not telling know. you what her last name is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So I'm, I do pen and paper. 
And I will, people say it's unprofessional. I text my clients back. Why is that unprofessional? It's between me and them. I no, show that's up there, how, they show that's up. That's how I run my, this I have phone a in front calendar. of me. Yep, me too. And I do everything. They don't care. They want good massage. Look at me. I got my paper files. I have my phone. I should have bought you my receipt book from the dollar store. The blue one. (laughs) 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 Listen, insurance companies don't care. Yeah. No. No, they do not. I don't need to be fancy. No one cares. No No one cares. cares. I don't don't do my hair to go to work. No one cares. (laughs) This is the first time that my hair hasn't been in a bun on the top of my head in about six months. You dressed up for me? I dressed up for you. I mean, I'm wearing track pants. (laughs) I haven't combed my hair in three days. She's like, that's dressed up? No. (laughs) No. I I'm feel joking, like it I'm is. Joking, I'm going to my hair in two days. <laughs> hey, listen. I have mascara on, okay? Hey, hey. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool with everything. I forgot that I even owned this. I'm cool with everything. Firefighters yeah. are picking her up like yeah, that's, that. That's true. Young ones, That says too. it all. Yes, young ones. Oh. thought you were a MILF. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh, there was one time I went to the LCBO just up here, and uh, there was a young guy behind the counter, like probably barely old enough to even work in a liquor. Oh, sorry, beer store, because I was returning bottles. So I walk into this place returning uh, my wine bottles in Amazon boxes, okay? I'm wearing yoga pants, an oversized hoodie. My hair is in like a floral scrunchie and a bun on the top of my head. I got this big oversized purse with me, right? And I walk in there and he goes to me, whoa, you're giving off a real mom vibe right now. And for... Quick second, I got offended, and I look at myself, and I'm like, "Well played, kid." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that means that's a compliment because that means he knows you don't usually look like that. Oh, I didn't even right? take it. He that was way. like, "Ooh, you're giving one off," but I know but then, you. But then you know what he well. said? I told Mark this after. Then as I was walking out, he's like, "Don't worry, you're still looking good, though." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." <But> he- <laughs> He was probably like 19 years old. And yeah, I know, honestly, and even in my purse, he wouldn't have known this. I'm like, my purse is filled with band-aids and snacks. <laughs> Goldfish. <laughs> there was. Such a mom. Such a mom. Such a mom. <laughs> All right. I got to know how you went from the girl at the spa that, you know, sometimes treated NBA players to doing mobile to like what you're doing now. Like now are you fully in the world of athletics or are you still a mobile therapist and you just treat a lot of athletes? Yeah, I'm mobile, but my mobile, my, those clients are people I've had for 15, 17, 18 years. And then in 2013, I started working with Athletics Canada. So I've been traveling with them ever since. So some years, the year before the Olympics is always crazy. So I'm usually gone four to five, sometimes six months of that year. Um, But when I come back and I do my regulars that have built my business for me. When you're gone for four to six months of the year, um, is that difficult for you? Do you like being gone? Do you, is it getting tiring? You know, I don't know. No, I love it. The minute I stop loving it, I'm out. I'm not even thinking twice. I'm not trying to rationalize if I should do it. No, there's something going to be something else out there I love. So I do love it. I get to travel all over the world. I've been to places. I've been to Australia for four weeks. Yokohama, Tokyo, um, Glasgow, um, Rio, Doha. Like I've been been all over the world. I absolutely love it, especially with the team. Because track, it's not a team sport. It's very individual. So there's always stuff going on. There's somebody getting off the track, somebody about to get on the track, somebody that doesn't race in three days, somebody's career might be over. They've had their last race. I like the organized chaos of it. And how did this all happen? Did Athletics Canada seek you out? How does this happen? So this is what I tell you. It really is the right place at the right time. So I get a call in 2013 and it's from a a massage therapist. I don't know. And he's, he's like, it's Rob. I got your name because I know you work with some professional athletes. I got a name from somebody I know. And there's a track club looking for a massage therapist. Um, are you interested? And I was like, eh, yeah, sure. And so he was like, okay, the coach will give you a call. 
So Desai Williams gives me a call and he was an Olympian. And uh, he says, can you come in like next Thursday? And I said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> Mr. Williams. I'm self-employed. I don't have a resume. I don't even know what one looks like. If you want a resume, you need to give me a week. Like I need to research this and put something together. He's like, just come in. So <laughs> I love the honesty, man. Like you're just telling this guy, I don't even know how to make a resume. No, I was like, I don't even know what it entails anymore. So thank God it was them. So I go in and then he says, um, we were just chatting. We got along. So he says, can you come in next week and do a couple of treatments? I was like, sure. So I go in and remember, this was a track club. Right? I'm at York University. We're in this little corner. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he gives me about four athletes to work on. And about the third athlete, I look up and I realize the athlete on my table is the Olympian on the poster over there. <laughs> oh, shit. So did you get nervous? Yes. All of a sudden, shit got real, real quick. So anyways, I do the four treatments and then um, still haven't met the massage therapist that referred me to them. But then two weeks later, this was in November, he says to me, um, well, December, we go away to a, a training camp in St. Kitts every year. Mm. Do you want to come to the camp? I later realized that was like the interview because you're in 40 degree weather. You're working eight, 10 hours a day on these athletes, like on the bottom, back of the stadium, there's nothing. Right. So I go there, I do that. That's now December. And so the other therapist that referred me was coming. So I called him. I'm like, Robert, should we meet before we go to camp? Because it's going to be the two of us and a Cairo. So we met for the first time. He's like a brother to me now. And that was in December. And then in February, I got a call saying there's a pre-Olympic camp in Phoenix where all the Olympians for Rio are supposed to be. You've been invited. You want to come to the camp. So I go to the camp and then I end up getting selected for Commonwealth Games that year and then Worlds and then the Olympics. And it just kind of started like that. But that was right place the right like somebody called me and I didn't even know who he was and you said yes it's right place at the right time but it's also yeah it's it's saying yes because somebody who doesn't necessarily have like you're you're not no you're not part of the CSMTA you're not a no. you know sport fellow or anything it was it's not like you had a ton of experience in sports it was you were like okay like you said before I'm not a stupid person. I can learn this. I may not be the best, but I'm not going to be the worst. And you went for it. I feel like there would have been a lot of people very intimidated by the whole concept. Like, what? You want me to go to like these major well, games? Were you intimidated at all? I get nervous every time I meet somebody. Like, coming here? I had to use the washroom before I came in. <laughs> <laughs> I get we're, nervous. we're possibly all related here. So it's fine. <laughs> I get nervous. Even when somebody refers, every time I meet a client, I do get nervous. But... Mm. I've learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay, that's important. So I get nervous all the time. I'll be driving somewhere and every time I go to major games and there's a new athlete there and they could be 18 years old and I will get nervous working on them the first time. But you just learn be to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you still got to work. You got to let the work prove that you're not and show that you're not mm -hmm. uncomfortable. But inside, yeah, I'm like sweating. What type of continuing education have you done over your career? Like, have you taken stuff to try to like fit into this sport world or did it just, was it sort of just a natural transition for you? I got to tell you, I think so. I've been a therapist since 99, probably taken six courses. So I've done the athletic taping, which I did kind of out of school because mm -hmm. um, we had done it as part of the kin yeah. degree as well. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually comfortable doing this. I'll do it again. I've taken um, sport massage therapy course. I've taken fascial stretch technique, and I only did that two years ago because Athletics Canada pays that, gives us money to take continuing education. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done a soft tissue release. I don't do a lot of courses. I just, for me, I learn through my hands. 
and I let them experiment with different things because I've taken courses and they've been like, here's the five steps. And then everybody goes out and I see the therapist doing the five steps. And I'm like, you don't understand. You actually don't need step three and five because the tissue is already a certain place. And I think when people take courses, they get caught up in and they're not listening to the tissue. So my thing is, Yes, I should probably have taken more, but it's got me to where my hands speak. So we'll travel and a lot of therapists will have the cups and they'll have the Graston tool. Yeah. No, I've learned to, my hands can do that. So you really are a manual, manual therapist. Yeah, I don't like use elbows. I've never done my elbows. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh, your thumbs are going to go. It's been 21 years and mm-hmm. I have no problems with my thumbs. I don't. The sport massage therapy course, mm-hmm. is that where you're learning like pre, inter, post, all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, so the the pre, the the inter and the post, but. I will be honest, and maybe it's just the way I took in the information. Yep. I didn't find it practical. Like mm. with the athletes I use, yeah, the concepts, right. you know, you, more gentle, more rhythmic. But the athletes, if I was to do that on an Olympic runner, going, they're going to look at me like, can I get someone that knows what they're doing? It's just, it wasn't practical. Right. And maybe they need to make it broad, which because they can't do sports specific. Yep. But because I was in sports, I personally didn't find it helpful. When I work with athletes, my biggest thing is, So even with the Olympic, the first um, cyclist, I said to her, okay, what does your therapist do, your past therapist? What works for you? I say that to every athlete I see when we travel. You got here with your base, because a lot of them don't train in Toronto and I don't work on them. What works for you? What's gotten you here? And I'm going to do that. And then as we get to know each other better, I'm going to add some certain things and we'll see what works. But whatever got you here, I'm going to try and do what got you here. Right. So I start with that as a base, and then I just we just try different things. Listen to her. You're just using foundational knowledge, critical thinking, common sense, and listening to her <laughs> patients. It's not fucking rocket science, is it? <laughs> have, I asked this to Ed yesterday. Have you ever had a coach or someone, a higher-up medical, mm-hmm. say, what the fuck did you do here? Like, wh- like, what happened here? In other words, are you ever worried or in the past, probably more so than now, mm-hmm. that the stuff that you might have just done with that athlete is going to fuck up their performance. Every time I treat an athlete. And has it happened to you that it's come down to the athlete or the coach or the upper medical thinks what you did actually fucked up the performance? Not that they have said to me, but I'll tell you, I kind of preempt that. So yes, every time you touch an athlete and they go out there, if they have a great race, run, jump, throw... You don't take credit, but you kind of go, oh, okay, good. Thank God. And when they shit the bed, <laughs> yeah, you kind of go, shit. <laughs> you you do wonder. Yeah, you're yeah. you're human. But what you realize is that level sport, I'll say Canada's coaches, they also look within. Like they know what their athletes capable. And they also know us. We've tra- A lot of us have traveled with these coaches and athletes for years. Yeah. And they know we would never do anything invasive or anything out of the, the box to say we tried something new. Right. Now, I don't know. Maybe an athlete would be like, oh, maybe that was too long a treatment or maybe that was too short. But what I do is I'm in contact with the coaches all the time. So the coach, the athlete will come to me and I'll message the coach and say, I'm seeing so-and-so. What do you need to see? What is it you're looking for? And he'll be like, more hip flexion. Great. So the athlete comes in and says, oh, my glutes feel tighter. So I check for the firing of it. You have to put the two messages together because I need to please, the the coach, most importantly, has to be able to get what they need out of the athlete. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. the coach has to feel like their body, the athlete has to feel like their body's their own and it's doing what they want. So sometimes you get conflicting things and you have to please them both. So when you do that, when you're in contact with the coach, and then I'll say to the coach, listen, this is what I found. This is what I think they need more of. Go see the Cairo. I have them going to see the Cairo. I have them going to get some physio exercises. Once the coach feels secure and like you're actually working with them, 
they don't worry anymore. They'll right. send you the athlete knowing that if you're not sure, you'll ask them. Yeah, yeah. And if I don't know, which I don't know a lot of things, I will always confer with a, a physio or a chiro or another massage therapist mm -hmm. that I travel with that has different strengths. I'll be like, listen, this is what I saw. Can you see them? I don't need to be, oh, Danielle always sees that athlete and then they win a medal. It, it's that has, We all win or we all lose as right. a medical staff. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's no, oh, that's so-and-so's athlete. Some people try and do that. To me, you look like an idiot and nobody believes it. Every sports <laughs> yeah, person sure. we've had in here says the most important thing when working with athletes and working at major games is to not have an ego because okay. you are all working together. Yep. And the whole point no is, ego, as you said, know your role. Exactly. Stay, stay in your, in fucking your lane. lane. Stay in That's your lane. That's the track thing. Stay yeah. in your lane. And even as a massage therapist, I'm very manual. I don't do certain things. And like, for instance, I was traveling with um, Candace Fast's woman and her, her and her coach had asked me to go one-on-one -on -one with her mm -hmm. to Diamond League, which as a woman is a big thing and not being a Cairo because most of the top sprinters will travel with a Cairo. So we go, we're on, we're going to Paris or back and forth, that kind of thing. And when I came back, I sat down with the coach and the athlete and he wanted me to go because it'd be like one day we're in Paris, we pack up, we go to Switzerland. The next day they run, pack up and go to Switzerland. I came back and I said, listen, I'm going to be honest. I see why top athletes go with a Cairo because they can get results very quickly. Soft tissue takes a while for it to set into the body, depending on the techniques you're using. My tech, my skill set, when we travel and whatnot, she needs more time for it to set in. So I suggested she tried looking for a Cairo that she's very comfortable with if she's going to continue on the circuit. I just thought it was better, a better fit for three meets in three days. Right. Soft tissue might take too long. So I've since developed some ART techniques and, you know, things like that. Yeah. But why not go to someone who that's their bread and butter all the time? So right. you have to be, and she has still insisted that I travel with her and do things, but I wanted to let them know Listen, I think there's something better. Yeah, and they'll respect you for it. Because again, at the end of the day, the goal is keep that exactly. athlete performing optimally. Exactly. Like, you don't need to be the be-all, end-all. If there's someone mm -hmm. better, cool. Go to that person. How important is it for you that the stuff you're doing is hardcore based in evidence when you're working with athletes? I think it's important. I think because you're always trying to justify why you're doing certain things. Right. Right. And I think it's for me um, that it's evidence-based. But then there's a part of it that is just... Yeah, intuition. Okay, you know what? They'll complain about something. I'll be like, let me try this. Right. And then it works. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's any evidence. I don't know if that'll work on somebody else, but I'm going to try it. Athletes don't tend to care either, right? They just no, want, they don't care. They just they want, want you taking well. care of their body. Yeah, but That's I, it. for me, when I go to the coach, I want to be able to say I did this because this. Gotcha. Right. Kind of thing. That makes sense. Um, or just even in my head, I did it with evidence. And then there's other times where I'm like, okay, but I think intuitively like i think this works like i said i don't take a lot of courses so i've come up with things just on my own that have worked or an athlete that's come from another sport has said this is work that their therapist did and then i transpose it to another sport mm. and it works for them and i did it suddenly in chan i actually did an hiv clinic and i'll tell you with a supervisor in school and the techniques were so not lymph-based, but just very light, soft, but you could get results. And those techniques translate a lot to the athletes that are, that'll come to me and be like, Danielle, some, my hamstring won't get, won't let go. And I got to be in the call room in six minutes. Some of the lighter stuff I've learned from working with mm. HIV athletes or palliative care, I bring to the track mm -hmm. because their sympathetic nervous system is already on fire. And this allows me to bring it down a bit, get their breathing, and then get some traction in the muscle. So all my experience, you can take, it's a human body. You find different ways to use it. Don't use your palliative care techniques with only palliative care. 
Don't use your sport techniques with just I athletes. Like I like this. Yeah. It's, it's the human body. And people are just trying to make it work in different ways. Techniques are techniques. When you take a course and you go to sport massage therapy course, in our heads, it's like, oh, I'll use that with my athletes. Or you take, you know, palliative care and you're like, oh, I'll use that when I'm in the hospital. No, it's people. It's a human body. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get it to move a certain way. doesn't matter what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So some of my like softest techniques I'll use on athletes. And I see other therapists looking at me like I'm crazy, but the athletes come back because it's what they needed at that time. I like the that you keep uh, talking about how you use your intuition, right? You listen with your hands. You're actually like doing what feels right to you. It's not all about... Um, everything you've learned in courses. And I think that a lot of us, like massage therapists, are so sometimes like thinking about school and the techniques and the textbooks and whatever, but we know what we're doing. Just actually listen to the body that's right in front of you. Like you said, it's a human body. We already know the fundamentals. You know your anatomy. You know physiology. Now what's in front of you and how can you help this see, person? See, that's, that's one thing that I think that I would like to see them do more in school. I would like to see them do more in school is exposure to different bodies, to different conditions, to different this, versus reading the book, seeing this is what the symptom picture is. This is what the tissue presentation is. That doesn't teach you how to see it and spot it and feel it and understand it when it's there in front of you. Like I can read all this shit all day long and recognize, well, the tissue presentation is probably like this, 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 this. And it's one thing to have someone in front of you when I don't have my book to to be able to look for these things and, and find them yeah. and understand them when I see them. I think that I think that's a big part of school that's missing. Yeah, I think that's a big part of courses too that are missing though. When you take these courses, a certain body type you do it on and they teach the course for that population. But I think they need to more show that it could be used in any population. All these techniques can be used in any population in different ways. And then I think when you see things, you see things differently. I dig it. So what's next for you? I don't know, but that's the beauty of it. Like, I don't know how much longer I'll be with the team. I don't. So and I say that. what do you want to do next then? I don't know. Don't know, eh? No. I, and I, I think just like track happened, just like NBA happened, I don't know. I feel like something's going to happen. See, I just need to do it. maybe shit just comes your way because you're just so open like that. Seriously, because everything that everything that, that, that rolls is by is, a, is, a, is, a, is an opportunity. She because doesn't miss opportunities you don't, because she's she's You don't open have it mapped them. out. Yeah. yeah. I just And so people said, well, are you with the team? Are you going to world champs? I said, I... I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, over COVID, I started, funny enough, and this is why I am here, I started working with someone to work on public speaking because I've been asked to speak and I hate it. Like I get diarrhea for days what do, before what I do. Do you, what do you hate about it? Poor butt. What do you hate about it? <laughs> I don't do it often, so it's not that sore that often, okay? I just, I don't like speaking about myself. I don't like seeing myself. Like I have no full-length mirrors in my house. Mm. I just, because how, if I think I look good, then I feel good. I don't need to see that I don't look as good as I think I look. Because <laughs> then I walk around going, yeah, because I haven't actually seen that I'm not, if that makes sense. <laughs> that, that is an interesting take on that. That is very interesting. But I get it. So our place up north, we don't have a full length mirror. And the only yep. mirror we have in the whole place is actually so high up. And no that, one could see yourself except, except for, for me. I'm the tallest one in the family. Like literally, it's just me. I'm, I'm the, the only one that can see my so that's face. That's what my forehead looks like. <laughs> <That's>, but... <laughs> 
I will literally get on top of our youngest daughter's step stool to through. try to see if I can see myself in the mirror when I'm getting dressed when we're up there. It's not a big deal. I mean, we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Like, who yeah. cares? But I do notice when I'm up there that I don't think about nonsense like that. Like, I'm not worried about like, oh, how do these shorts make me look? How does it like I'm not thinking about it yeah. because I can't see myself. So I get dressed every morning Listen. in my little shorts and my tank top and I'm out running around probably looking like ways I wouldn't want to see. But I don't know it. So I'm having yeah. fun. <laughs> Listen, I leave the house and then sometimes you'll be walking down the street and you get a glimpse. I'm like, oh, that's what that looked like. That's what that outfit looked like. But you know what? For the first half of the day, I walked around like I was the shit. <laughs> no one cared. Listen up, ladies. No full length mirrors. Yeah. You'll be so much happier. <laughs> Would you ever take like coaching for public speaking? So curious. I I do have a coach. Oh yeah. And so I've done. Um, he has me do these like ten minutes talks that I've actually figured out because I'm technologically challenged how to put up on YouTube. And he's like, just show your friends and get your feedback. I was like, no. So he's made me do it. Um, he's made me do some things that have almost made me cry. But I'm like, so, whatever. Ha, in, in, in having your coach, your public speaking coach, have you recognized if you're natural at it? If you're not natural at it, do you have to work hard at it? Are, are there strategies that, that they want you to use that you're already employing and you didn't even know that they were strat? Like, tell me a little bit about it because I'm curious. Just this morning, I got up really early. I woke up and there was like a fucking four-year-old in my bed. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> I had no idea. That's she, appeared, that she appeared at one thirty. Yeah, in the I had no idea. I woke up like, why are you here? So, and I didn't want to wake anybody up. So I left and I went to lay on a couch somewhere. And I was watching. I was watching YouTube, just random YouTube clips. And I was watching this this PhD, like like I can't remember what his title was, a communications person. Mm -hmm. And he was analyzing a whole bunch of speakers and like, or, or he was looking at interviews with celebrities. And he was analyzing like how they speak and what what they're doing well, what they're not doing well, blah 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 blah. And so. I was curious because now this just kind of rolls right into it. A lot of the things that he was saying, I was like, I think I do that a lot of these things, but I don't even recognize that they're strategies. I just do them instinctively, but I hate yeah. public speaking as well. But really? I, yeah, I'm a massive introvert. And I actually only come to life when I'm doing stuff like this. When I'm not doing stuff like this, like the volume is down and I'm in the back. But that's, the that's how you know you're a natural though. Yes. That's because it's just like that chill vibe. Like he just gives off that. So, so you, you should do see it. him the morning. Okay. So uh, he teaches pretty much every weekend. So like a Saturday morning, his class will start at 10 a.m. At 8.30, he's ready to go. Mm -hmm. We live three minutes from here. Like he could literally sleep until 8.30 if he wants to. But by 8.30, no later, he is ready to go. He's showered. He's dressed. He's ready to go. He comes in here at least an hour early. He has everything set up. He sits in here and he'll either like listen to his music or play his guitar or play his drum. He does something to like de-stress. He's quiet by himself. Like he's not, he doesn't want anyone to talk to him before that. Mm -hmm. And then he'll usually call me about five, 10 minutes before the class. And he's like, all right, performing monkey. Got to go. <laughs> and then he goes and performs. And he just goes and does his thing. So are you a natural speaker no i'm not because i realize when i i'm speaking to people in my head i'm already like a paragraph ahead of like what i want to say so the words that are coming out are not what's going through my head so i'm very analytical i need to have every word i used to need to have every word written down and i would have memorized it yeah and i'm saying every word on that paper because i can see it so i am not a natural speaker so he has me now just getting a topic and just doing one take and just speaking and it's torture. It's you absolute seem, torture. You seem natural though. And I think that's important is like, even though you're probably nervous as hell inside, but you seem to just speak very easily. Being comfortable very, being uncomfortable. You're very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you came in here saying you were really nervous, but you seem like a natural speaker well, to me. Well, it's funny because I met him. He was actually, 
an athlete um, who retired earlier. He won a bronze medal. And he was like, Danielle, you have things to say. Like we all as athletes love to come see you because you're you're very chill. He's like, but people need to hear what you have to say, like the things that you've done and how you go about life. And so when he started speaking, he's on a big tour and whatnot. And he's like, no, I think you need to do this. He's like, you people want to hear you. Like when you speak, people listen. Yep. And he's like, so you need to start talking. <laughs> so it was COVID. And I was like, well, I ain't got a damn thing to do. I started <laughs> doing investments. Um, I had done a couple of years ago while I travel. We have a lot, not a lot of downtime, but I don't sleep many hours, sleep two, three hours a night. So I had a lot of downtime. So at a you Queens, are the same. I took an investment <laughs> course through Queens. And so I, during COVID, I did things I hate the most, like investments and uh, speaking. And I was like, well... I'm never going to do this any other time because there's going to be too many other things to do. Right. So let me just do things I don't think I like. So fucking interesting. <laughs> so interesting. How on earth do you think you're not interesting? No, because everybody has a story, though. But that's the point. And that's what we told you when yeah, but we you don't randomly hear bombarded wants you. Everybody to hear everybody's story. Like, you don't want to hear everybody's but story. But there are people who would be very interested to hear your story. Like, I agree with this athlete that told you you should do public speaking. I think there are people that would really like to hear what you're doing and be inspired by it. Because even just your openness, as Mark said, these opportunities come to you because of your attitude and your openness to like, let's just see what happens. And the idea that you're not just focused on chasing money, right? Like money will come. Yeah. There's a mm -hmm. way to get money. You're chasing your your purpose, your your passion. Like, let me just do what feels good for me. And when I don't like it anymore, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Right? You're not chasing money. Yeah, no. And I tell people like, just do you, you'll make money. If you're good, if you love what you do, the money will come. Like people have said to me, like, well, you don't charge enough. And why do you go from here to there? You should structure it. No, because I go where I want. Are people Nikki? You, you like what you do. Nikki does that yeah, all the time. Well. But a lot of people, <laughs> but a lot of people do. Nikki and also I also like to tell people what to do. Yeah. <laughs> She's <laughs> good at her, that though. Those are her words. People listen. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love what I do. Like, why would I change that? I don't, these are people I want to go see. I'm interested. I help them. I'm like, no, I've got a good thing right now. Like I'm, I've done everything I've wanted. I own properties. I travel when I want. I yeah. buy what I want. I eat what I want. Like, there why you would You're I? Winning. You got a You're big winning. W on that. <laughs> yeah. You are See, winning. Everyone's got something to say. Yeah. The thing is with most people, I feel that don't feel they have something to say is it's easier for someone to drag it out of them a little bit. Ask them the right questions. Lead them down the path that brings them to say the stuff that's really inside of them that they just wouldn't produce on their own. So everyone, regardless if you think you got something going on or not, everyone's got something cool going on. Everybody. It's just whether or not can you express that. And if you can't express it, then come sit on our couch and we'll find and a way to we'll find a way to we'll find a way to we'll find a way express it and for you, you have. but we'll find a way to pull it out of you it's still your words it's still your it story that type of thing yeah you guys are very good at that <laughs> i give the credit to mark no, he's no, like a puppet no, master yeah i really appreciate you coming in and for anyone listening when i said uh when we bombarded her that's literally what happened um we were given her name as a referral mark looked her up and said hey we've got people in common that that whole joke about them possibly being related is not completely a joke but we decided one night we're laying in bed and he's like i'm gonna call her and see if she wants to come on the podcast so he puts her on speaker and the two of us are just like yeah you should come yeah you should come this day this time yeah you should be there well and if i hadn't you know nikki was gonna have something to say right because i had said to her okay okay i think i'm i think i can do it i think i can do it well, I'm glad she thought of you, and I'm glad that you agreed to come see us, even though we bombarded you on a random weeknight. <laughs> what was what was the topic of conversation for one of these YouTube clips that you did? One of them was, I think, so one of them was what we kind of talked about was um, not having to know what you want to do, but mm. 
knowing what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of them, I uh, talked about going from sneakers to stilettos. So with the team, I, I mean, this is how I love to dress. But when I'm not dressed like this, I'm in heels. And that's how I just like to do it. And when I feel to put them on, I put them on. So we travel with the team and there's always one staff dinner or something. And from the get-go, I my mother always said, child, always bring a pair of heels because your jeans will look nicer. <laughs> you'll look taller and slimmer. Like, you know, it just takes away from a lot of the other roughness going on. <laughs> so I always walk with my heels. So Commonwealth Games 2014, my first major games, I pack my heels. So... um we were going out for a team dinner and I put them on and I'm, I'm still wearing jeans and probably like something like this, but I, but I you had heels, heels on. on. Yeah. And yeah, people were like, what the hell is she new here? And, <laughs> but now, and I was like, but I feel comfortable. Like when I want to go out and am wearing, you know, the same things that aren't washed properly because they wash it. Yeah. I just want to put on something. I want to feel like a woman. And so, yeah, people, yeah, there was a lot of looks for a couple of years. And then by year two and three, all the other women are bringing either nice sandals or heels. And my comment is just be you. People will accept you if you own shit. Yes. If that you walk- is the truest thing in the world. Like you have to just literally yeah. like that was something the that I used to. Rule. Yes. When I was I in university, <laughs> I remember I used to say to my roommates, like if we were getting ready to go out somewhere or whatever, um, there was one of my roommates that I was would always say to me, like, so what's the dress code at this place? I'm like, where would you fucking want? Yeah. And she would always say, No, but like, should I get dressed up or whatever? And I said, what do you want to wear? And she's like, well, I kind of want to get dressed up. I'm like, then get dressed up. Yeah. And she's like, but what if I'm overdressed? I'm like, overdressed for what? Like, how can you yes. be overdressed? I'm like, just fucking own it. Put on your sparkly heels and let's go. Yeah. Like, if you walk in there like you own the place, no one's looking at you like you're overdressed. You look ridiculous. And even if they are, you're like, I don't care. I'm yeah. wearing sparkly heels. And it and I have horrible eating habits. I eat McDonald's four or five times a week. It's just what I do. I'm always eating chips. I was eating. And when I travel with the athletes. Do you, do you work out also no. like six no. days? A- I use prayer. So, <laughs> no, seriously. I need Jesus, man. Yeah. I got him. He's in my left pocket. This is how. But the athletes are always like eating healthy. And I think people, I'm going to say this, like fake that they like that healthy lifestyle. But Listen, I, I have never don't. met somebody who is my husband in female form no, until listen. you walked into this office. So, I travel <laughs> with the team the and I'm, if you ask them, I'm eating chips. I'm Listen, do as I say, not as I do. This is me. You, you do what you do. Yeah. And so during COVID, actually, one of the athletes sent me a message and she's like, Danielle, just want to let you know how I appreciate you. Thank you for being you eating what you want, doing what you want, say what, what you want. She's like, there needs to be more people like that. Love yeah. that we have you to be able to travel with and we could just be ourselves. I'm not faking the funk. I'm hungry. I'm not eating yogurt parfait. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and I, my roommate in Give Rio. Me an egg McMuffin. Yeah, my roommate in Rio, God bless her, the manager. Every Almost every night I came in from the track, it could be two in the morning, there'd be a Big Mac combo on my bed. I almost <laughs> asked her to marry me. Seriously. <laughs> I was like, so just be you. So my the whole sneaker sisalettos is just like that. Yeah, people looked at me and were probably like, eh. but now that's just Danielle. If I go out with the team, I'm going to put on something. Kid Rock Rule. It, yeah, Mark <laughs> says that the Kid Rock Rule. And I love that. Him and I showed up to a wedding back in 2016. Uh, yeah, summer of 2016. And we were getting ready for the wedding. And at first he put on, you know, the button down shirt like, and the jacket. Blah, blah, blah. So not him. And you know what he said to me? He goes, he's like, one, I'm uncomfortable. He goes, I look like a little kid <laughs> dressed up for church. I look stupid. Yep, yep. This is not me. And of course, like I didn't, I 
it's it's not that I didn't want him to be him, but I was like, yeah, but we're going to a wedding. Like, what do you what do you mean? Said, what are you gonna it. do? And he goes, fuck pants. it. He put on put a t shirt. I put a t- I put on a t shirt, a pair of pants. I threw on a vest. I threw on a scarf, and I threw on a Kangol hat. And I'm like, I'm going, <laughs> now I'm we're go- going. I'm going to a fucking wedding. <laughs> and we it. show up at this wedding. And do you know how many people actually said to him, yeah. like, you look good because he, he just walks it. more confidently yes. because he was he's comfortable. comfortable. Him in the suit, like a suit. I I burst out laughing when he's like, he's like, I look like a little kid dressed up for church. like a twelve year old. Boy, that's that, that's that's going to a wedding at the church. Yeah, it just no, doesn't feel just, right on me. But even like I will always, and I joke that I wear the heels because then my weight's distributed against the <laughs> three inches, so I look slimmer. I have so many wedge sneakers, and I <laughs> I had them all I the had time. my wedge sneakers on this morning, and I actually changed to my flats because I've been having pain in my foot, and the sneakers and were hurting they- me, <laughs> or I would have had mine on too. But I yeah, and people are like, oh, are you a little young old to be wearing them? Fuck I don't it. care. Kid Rock, that's my answer. Because Kid, 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 Kid Rock will roll into the most expensive. Expensive steakhouse in the world with jeans, a fucking wife beater, and a cowboy hat on. He's like, seat me, I'm fucking Kid Rock. And yeah. they'd be like, yes, sir, Mr. Rock, yeah. your table's waiting for you. That's all there is no, to it. No, it's true. If you own it, people then, and but I think you owning it gives other people permission to own their shit yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you feel comfortable, you do it. If you want to, we go to dinner and you want to dress up, absolutely. I'm looking at you going, good for you. Some of the shit that I wear these, I mean, it. well, we are taking video. I'm literally in here in track pants, some like white floral <laughs> flat shoes a hoodie and like hoop ear like i honestly when i look at myself in the mirror i can admit like i look ridiculous but i'm so but comfortable, comfortable right now i feel so good i'm not i'm not mad but about when you're, it when people are being themselves no one looks at what you're wearing yeah no one cares yeah nobody, nobody cares sees it. they really see nobody, cares. nobody cares you nobody make that cares. connection and you be you I dig it. You're a cool yeah. vibe, man. You got a cool vibe. <laughs> you and bring you guys are so much alike. It's hilarious. Like two That's to three hours. Got a cool two vibe. to three hours of sleep a night. <laughs> Introverted public speakers. Um, the McDonald's thing got me. So literally, like I'm actually somebody that I enjoy like healthy like I will I will make like a, a spinach smoothie and I enjoy it Disgusting. like yeah she just made like a barf face and that's how Mark feels because I'm like no one enjoys no this. but I you don't I enjoy do it. I enjoy a milkshake tastes good no this tastes like no. fucking spinach I like been, the look of it yeah. that no. green going down Thank yes you. he Come thinks on. that's disgusting yeah you guys what, are the can same. Can I ask you a question? Alcohol? Caesars. What do you think of Caesars? I don't drink. Oh, they're oh disgusting. he doesn't drink either. They're disgusting. See? They're disgusting for the same reason because that glass <laughs> at the end just makes me want to vomit. See, like, I, I drink wait, the Caesars. It's the, Caesar. it's the orange and then the brown stuff on top. like The, the rims? What, oh, that's, that's so good. It looks disgusting. Thank it you. Looks like, Thank it looks like sand <laughs> off the beach. Thank you. And you're putting... What? What is but that? But literally at least once a week, Mark says to me... Um, Things like like, like you don't. He's like if you don't like McDonald's, something's wrong with you, or you're lying. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, there's no way that this fucking place makes billions of dollars with everyone hating it. And my like, thing people is, love it. I love it. Yeah, whenever I leave this planet. Wherever I'm going, I don't know what they're serving. <laughs> so they could be vegan. So I got to get I what I want get, while get, I'm get here. Now. <laughs> we don't know what they're serving where we're going. <laughs> oh, this is so awesome. You guys have so much more to talk about. <laughs> I dig it. Dig your vibe. Well, thank you so much. This this was fun. And Nikki was right. You're super interesting. And I think we will have you back to do another episode sometime absolutely uh, and, and now that i know great. and now that i know i will make sure there's a big mac combo here with oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> i can bring it i can bring it i love it never hurts my stomach mcdonald's no it's, you know it's what? always good for me it's always good for Listen, me <laughs> and people when we travel i never get sick i haven't had the flu in like 20 years and i think it's because of what we eat there's a coating 
I am pristine. I could give kidneys away when I'm done. All my organs will be pristine because you can't get past that plastic coating. We're good. I used to, you're, you're my twin. I, used, <laughs> nothing, I used to say the same shit all the time. For the longest time, I wouldn't get sick. And I used to drink a lot. And I used to smoke cigarettes like it was going out of style. And I'm like, listen, that's what's keeping and me And then there's healthy. me with my spinach smoothies. And you're like, take it, taking my you supplements. And <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like, this is why I don't get I've sick, I've got my man. oil of oregano, and he's like, fuck that shit. Take some Tylenol cold and flu. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, my body has learned to deal with all these fucking toxins. Like, nothing's getting yeah, me sick at exactly. this point. exactly. You can't get past that. No. I take it, man. This has been fun. Totally agree. Thanks for having me. Right on. This has been good. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.